Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast, brought to you by the North Carolina Sustainable Energy Association. I'm your host, Matt Abel. Hello, Squeaky Clean listeners. Welcome to the 39th episode of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast, where we bring you the latest in North Carolina clean energy news, policy, and more every two weeks. Wow, the end of the year is almost here. We've got just one episode left of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast before the end of the year. On that upcoming episode, we'll dive in with a year in review and replace some highlights from episodes throughout 2020. We'll dedicate some time for listener questions related to clean energy policy, so that's where we're counting on you. Have a burning question related to the clean energy plan, or the solar rebate program, or maybe something else is on your mind? Send in your questions to at Matt Abel, M-A-T-T-A-B-E-L-E, or at NC Clean Energy on Twitter. We'll be monitoring up until podcast recording during the week of December 19th. So I'm gonna keep today's intro short, but I also wanted to remind everyone that NCSEA is in the middle of our annual fundraising drive. We're dependent on supporters like you to ensure we can keep the lights on and batteries charged in our mics here on the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast. Ironically, I'm recording this episode in a dark basement with no lights on right now, whatever weird image that conjures up in your mind. So to contribute to the campaign and support NCSEA, visit energync.org. Support for this week's episode comes from Compost Now, composting made easy. With their home, office, and food service composting programs, Compost Now members have diverted over 26 million pounds of compostables from the landfill, creating over 8 million pounds of nutrient-rich compost for local use. Get started on your composting journey at compostnow.org. All right, so I am especially excited for today's episode. 2020 has been a long year with a lot of developments in clean energy policy and regulation. The NCSEA team, along with our coalition of partners, stakeholders, members, and supporters, have been hard at work ensuring clean energy continues to thrive in our state, which I have to say, and maybe I'm a little biased, did more than thrive this year. Now it's time to celebrate the accomplishments of some of these outstanding individuals and businesses that made clean energy what it was this year. Each year, our friends over at Conservatives for Clean Energy and Chambers for Innovation and Clean Energy host a Clean Energy Champions event, recognizing those businesses and legislators for their innovative and outstanding work. I'm lucky enough to be joined today by both of those organizations to tell us a little bit more about the virtual twist this year and introduce us to some of those winners. So here we go. Clean energy. Our first guest today is the North Carolina Executive Director for Conservatives for Clean Energy. This individual also lobbies for the NC State Grange, an agriculture rural-based membership organization. Prior to her role with CCE, our guest worked for Representative Craig Horn at the NC General Assembly. Our guest grew up on a berry farm here in the state giving her passion for agriculture and rural North Carolina. I am so happy to be joined today by Lori Barnhart of Conservatives for Clean Energy. Lori, 
Welcome to the pod. Thanks, Matt. So happy to be here. Our next guest serves as the Director of Economic Development with the Chambers for Innovation and Clean Energy. Our guest joined the Chambers for Innovation in 2018 after serving for seven years as President of the Chamber of Commerce in Van Wert, Ohio, home to the largest wind farm in the state. Now, our guests assist Chambers and economic development leaders throughout the country to prosper in the clean energy space. Friends of the pod, welcome Susan Monroe, Director of Economic Development with the Chambers for Innovation and Clean Energy. Susan, welcome to the pod. Hey, it's good to be with you today, Matt. We are so excited to have you both on today's episode, so let's go ahead and jump right on into it. So, uh, to get started, can each of you tell us a little bit more about your respective organizations? We'll start with Susan on this question here. Sure. Um, Matt, I'm, I serve as the Director of Economic Development with Chambers for Innovation and Clean Energy. And quite simply, what we do, we support, assist, coach um, Chambers of Commerce through, throughout the U.S., um, and including North Carolina, to really understand um, and take advantage of the opportunities that there are with clean energy development in their communities. Thanks, Susan. And Lori, can you tell us a little bit more about Conservatives for Clean Energy? Yeah, sure, Matt. Um, I am the state director um, for Conservatives for Clean Energy in North Carolina. Um, Conservatives for Clean Energy, we are in five states, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Florida, and Georgia. And we launched in North Carolina in June of 2014, and we really, Conservatives for Clean Energy, we really led the way in educating our conservative leaders in North Carolina about the economic benefits and the absolute political strength of North Carolina's increasingly pro-renewable energy policies. And it's, you know, whether they're conservative members of the U.S. Senate or the U.S. House or our statewide elected officials, um, our, of course, our state legislators, or even our local elected officials, we're working diligently, and they are all working diligently to protect North Carolina's jobs in this clean energy industry, and especially in this year that we have found ourselves in. Thanks, Lori. And, you know, to all our podcast listeners here today, you know, I'll, I'll mention that um, both of your organizations have been such a strong partner of NCSEAs here in the state of North Carolina in building bipartisan support for clean energy and also building support across the state in both rural and urban parts of North Carolina. So we're just so happy to be partnered with both of your organizations and continuing to advance the mission of clean energy here in the state. So I wanted to dive in a little bit more to an event that you guys hosted here recently uh, in North Carolina. And of course, virtually this year with you know COVID-19 and everything that's taking place. So both of your organizations have partnered over the, the past couple of years to put together uh, an event to recognize some of the shakers and movers within the North Carolina clean energy ecosystem. Can you tell us a little bit more about how this, uh, this partnership and event came to be? So we'll start with Susan on this one. Sure. Um, Matt, the, the first um, uh, North Carolina Clean Energy Champions Award event was in 2015, and that was really spearheaded by um, um, Conservatives for Clean Energy in North Carolina, Mark Fleming, who happens to be a former chamber director um, as well. And so it was really their vision to, to bring this, this event to 
to the state to really focus on uh, clean energy customer leaders across the state um, and also uh, legislators who have who have understood um, the benefits and the economic impact that clean energy can bring to the state. And, and, and it's also just an opportunity to reach, um, to reach constituents for these legislators, um, uh, business leaders throughout the state, because we know that, that, that many of our uh, Fortune 100 companies um, in the state are clean energy uh, users and adapters. So it was really just uh, to bring an opportunity to shine the spotlight on the economic impact and the significant role that clean energy plays in our state. Can you all tell us a little bit more about some of the award winners that have been recognized over the past few years? From my understanding, there have been a wide variety of recipients from breweries to corporations to legislators and and nonprofits. Um, So, Lori, do you want to start on this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll just jump um, right in with one of our businesses, um, business awards. It went to Live Oak Bank, which is um, a company based out of Wilmington, North Carolina. And um, just Live Oak Bank has, has become the largest SBA lender, not only in North Carolina, but the United States, which is pretty darn amazing. Um, and business leaders all across North Carolina and, of course, the whole U.S. have chosen Live Oak Bank to fund, to fund their their loans, their dreams, and, and drive the success of small businesses. And it's just been phenomenal. But um, they are so dedicated and passionate about helping rural America thrive um, and enhancing the economic opportunity in rural communities. They're all about communities. And, and one way they've done that is through their sustainable lending vertical, which includes Solar is their biggest project, but biomass, hydrogen, and electric vehicles have, are also part of their lending, this clean energy lending vertical, as they call them. Um, and in between September of, this is what is so incredible, between September of 2018 and September of 2019, Live Oak provided a billion, $1 billion in long-term debt to the renewable industry. So I, I think that's quite a success story. Absolutely. And we're lucky to have uh, a business like Live Oak Bank here in North Carolina to help support the clean energy industry. So we'll take a quick pause to hear directly from Jordan Blanchard, head of energy and infrastructure lending at Live Oak Bank, to talk about the investments they're making in rural parts of the state. So Live Oak is the number one REAP lender. REAP stands for Rural Energy for America program. We're the largest REAP lender in the nation. And we don't use it to finance deals that otherwise would not get approved. We do use it to offer better terms to the clients. So whereas most other lenders require their loan to be due in seven years, we offer long-term loans up to 20 and 25 years. So it's a big benefit to the client and it provides the bank a little bit more comfort in our loan process and our loan approval. It also has a lowest subsidy rate of any loan guarantee program. So it's not only beneficial for all parties, but it's also fiscally responsible. The REAP loan program is beneficial to rural America in a few different ways. So number one, these projects have to be placed in rural areas, which is a township of less than 50,000 people. So there's local jobs, at least for the construction period, that's one. Two is you have a decentralization of the energy. So in other words, if a hurricane or something comes through and it wipes out a big power plant, normally power's cut off to all the constituents. In this case, because power's more local, 
local communities could continue to get served. And then finally, it's allowed you know, an enormous number of farmers to maintain and, and preserve the family farm. So the solar developers lease the land that the solar farm is going to be on, preserves the farm for the solar developer, but also allows the farmer to, to farm other areas if they so choose. So it does generate some pretty significant local tax income. Property taxes that will go up significantly for a solar farm versus a farm. It's, it's a multiple benefit for all parties involved. Lori shared the story of Live Oak Bank, and, and I think it's the stories that is, that is the real magic to this event, our winners sharing their, their stories. And um, one of our winners this year, Mother Earth Brewing in Kinston, North Carolina, has had an equally you know, compelling story, uh, Craig Hill, executive director of the Kenston Lenore County Chamber, had some comments on, on the um, awards presentation, and he just pointed out just the impressive impact that they had had to their downtown development and how that, and how that just one development by Mother Earth has spurred other, other development as well, and pointing out that they've been a leader in their community in terms of uh, clean energy innovation, of course, you know, with their solar and collection of rainwater. But um, uh, you did hear from Mother Earth at the awards um, event this week. But what you didn't hear uh, was, I think, it's an impressive backstory to Mother Earth. Um, so one of the, the top reasons um, that people come to visit Mother Earth when they have public tours, of course, right now during the pandemic, that's not happening. But when those tours are happening, the number one reason people come to tour Mother Earth is to see their solar installation, to see how they operate with solar. They've had that unexpected um, economic impact from, from adopting clean energy. But it's so impressive that, that people want, want to see what they're doing so it's those kind of stories that we're bringing with this with this event, um, clean energy champion event that is helping to inspire others to to make those same adaptations to their business operations. That's yeah, such a wonderful story, and and you know I can attest from my own personal experience touring Mother Earth Brewery uh, pre-pandemic that one of my favorite aspects of the tour was seeing a, a live readout of the production of their solar system on the roof in the tap room, um, which was such a unique interactive exhibit to see that I hadn't seen at a brewery prior to that. And of course, it's it's always great to hear about the continued growth and success of, of breweries and businesses that have adopted clean energy. And, you know, with Mother Earth, right, they've continued to expand into a distillery operation and now they have a line of seltzers. So it's always wonderful to hear about that success. And so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely give another shout out to mother earth and for our listeners that haven't had a chance to make it out there and go visit Kinston and check out chef and the farmer and the really nice downtown area. Uh, you know, once we get past this pandemic, it's a wonderful place to visit. So, uh, you know, moving on here, um, so we have a number of award winners that received awards this year. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the other award winners that were nominated and selected? Uh, so I'll start with Lori on this one. 
Um, yeah, Matt. Well, first of all, we had three legislators that we that we chose, and they all, thankfully, were reelected. Representative John Torbett, Senator Vicki Sawyer, and Representative Bobby Bobby Hainig were our three legislative award recipients, and they have all supported our our clean energy initiatives in the in the North Carolina General Assembly. Susan, you might want to add to Representative Bobby Hainig and what he did and in your area. I know you've you've met him and talked with him. Right. Um, Representative Hainig has, has has been extremely active um, in in a couple of different ways. Um, he has um, as 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 many legislators do, they are learning more and more every day. And they're 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 able to sort out sometimes um, the, the misinformation that is out there uh, regarding clean energy and able to break that down, take a look at the facts, take a look at the economic numbers um, and and figure out that, wow, this this is good. This is good business for our state. And Representative Hainig is, is certainly one of those legislators that that has that has come to understand, embrace that and and, and actively support it. He's been um, on on several um, uh, tours or events. Um, there's been solar installations in in his district that he has vis- visited, and he's has had a chance to talk with landowners and the developer and county commissioners and chambers of commerce. He he was also at um, the Outer Banks Economic Summit this past March, um, along with um, Senator Steinberg. Um, and the focus of that event this year was offshore wind, and and we and we all know, or we should know, the economic opportunity that is there. You know, thousands of jobs, millions and millions in economic investment for our state. There's a lot on the line, not only with the development, but with the supply chain opportunity that that Kitty Hawk Wind will bring to our state, and. Representative um, Hennig and as well as Senator Steinberg um, are are will be taking a role in in leading the way for that as well. So now let's take a minute to hear from Representative Hennig and how clean energy has benefited his district. Thank you. I'm honored to receive this award. Uh, exploring all energy options is critical for a sustainable future as a world leader and for our national security. Many rural areas. Farmers struggle to keep their farms operational as they age out and don't have families to keep them going. Having the ability to lease their land for renewables is a benefit for them as well as counties. Tax revenue in my district has risen roughly from 10,000 annually to $475,000 because of having renewables as an option. I'm honored to receive recognition for our legislative accomplishments and to move forward in the future. And thank you so very much. Representative John Torbett from Gaston County um, was one of our award recipients. And, and unlike Representative Hainick, who's in his first term, um, Representative Torbett is, will be going into his sixth term. And so, and he is chair of the Transportation Committee, which as we know, was a pretty powerful committee and just, you know, just, just huge for him. And it's huge for us to have him just supportive of our initiative. So, and also, um, Senator Sawyer is in her first term and um, a little over her first term, I might add. 
And so just to have in the diversity of sort of the old regime with um, Representative Torbett and then newer members, I think is just, it's just incredible to have them um, understanding each other and being able to talk with each other and to rely on Representative Torbett's experience and knowledge for, um, for newer members like Representative Hainick and, and uh, Senator Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wanted to make sure to add that um, these legislators um, that that we've recognized in in the past, and that we did this past week, um, it's not, it's not about leaning right or leaning left or or somewhere in the middle. It it's just good economic policy. And Lori, I think you remember that um, Paul Shoemaker shared on. Um, during the awards um, ceremony, um, during his um, discussion, he said, um, I'm going to try to remember it, uh, support of renewable energy is just good politics. And it's extremely refreshing um, to, to know that the legislators that we are recognizing embrace that and they understand that and they're supporting that and, and they're, they're sharing those stories um, with their colleagues as well. And that's so great to hear that all three of those uh, representatives were reelected this year. I'd like to imagine that their positions on clean energy were uh, part of the reason why they did uh, actually win re-election. So we even had a very special guest join us this year on the Clean Energy Champions event to talk about their support for clean energy, uh, which had started actually in the state legislature. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about this individual and how they've been supportive of clean energy with their work now at the federal level? And I'll start with Lori on this one. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Matt. Um, yes, we were very, very happy to get Senator Tillis, Tom Tillis on at our event. It was um, quite a coup, as busy as, as he is. But um, just a little background, you know, um, Senator Tillis was elected to the North Carolina House of Representatives in 2006 and was selected by his peers to serve as Speaker of the House, um, where he was Speaker from 2011 to 2014. And then in 2014, he was elected to the U.S. Senate. Um, and then, of course, after serving six years in the U.S. Senate, he was reelected to his second six-year term after winning uh, just just an incredible, unprecedented race in an incredible, unprecedented election year. And, and Senator Tillis has been, he's been incredibly supportive of clean energy efforts in North Carolina. I mean, he gets it, um, which is so, so important to have his, to have a conservative leader at the federal level get it with, you know, the clean energy efforts. And the quote that I love that he said was, both parties, both parties need to work together to deploy an innovative market-driven strategy to combat the impact of climate change. And I mean, I, in my mind, that says it all. We have got to work together. And just to have his support just just for conservatives with clean energy just, just means everything. And it's so great that we have somebody representing the interests of North Carolina clean energy businesses and businesses that are supportive of clean energy at the federal level uh, through somebody like Tom Tillis. So, uh, so glad that we had him join this year at the, the Clean Energy Champions event and that we have somebody that's a, such a strong supporter uh, at Capitol Hill. 
And now I'm going to use my editorial privilege to highlight another award winner at this year's event, Charlotte Motor Speedway. So let's listen in to Greg Walter, Executive Vice President and GM at Charlotte Motor Speedway to tell us a little bit more about their commitment to clean energy. My name is Greg Walter, and I'm the Executive Vice President and General Manager of the Charlotte Motor Speedway. The Charlotte Motor Speedway has been in existence since 1960, and we think of it more of a, an entertainment complex than, than a racetrack or a motorsports facility. We also realize we have a stewardship for the resources that we have and then what we do impacts the community. Because of that, um, being socially responsible, you know, we realized that given the property and the physical dynamics, that we needed to take a look at solar energy, at renewable energy. That was a, a natural extension for us, particularly with some of the structures we have out here, was to begin to investigate its viability and to see if there's something we can incorporate into what we do here. Every investment or capital investment that we make here, there's a math formula, right? There's an ROI. Does that provide a better experience for the fans? does that you know, provide a monetary return, how do we, and how do we evaluate those. Solar energy was one of those considerations, and where does that fit into the social responsibility for sustainability or renewable energy? How does that fit together in terms of you know, a fan amenity? You know, what other roles can that play? But it wasn't until we met Renew that it really accelerated things. We've had a comfort zone with them that we had not found anywhere else. And that, once those pieces began to come into play, and Jay and his team were able to, to articulate what those things were, removed all the mystery that is solar power and regulation and incentives, it was an easy decision. The Renew Sun Deck was an idea back to these the, the social aggregation areas. We're looking for places to be able to, to come together have a great time, enjoy some things that are, are part of the experience. When we repurposed that area, it became incredibly popular. This is America's home for racing, the Charlotte Motor Speedway. If you haven't been out here ever or even a long time, you need to give us a try. This is not your granddaddy's racetrack. I'll wrap up on, on this question, uh, just in general, you know, why is it important that we have an event like this every year to recognize these outstanding individuals and organizations for their commitment to clean energy? So I'll start with Susan on this question. Sure, uh, Matt, I, you know, I'm going to take, I don't, there's so many great stories. Um, I'm going to take a moment to talk about the Ahoski Chamber of Commerce, who, who we recognize this year, um, it was Amy Braswell, executive director, that brought to light the true local economic impact that the um, Fifth Third Bank project, solar project, um, 80 megawatt um, project had had on Hertford County. Um, it was Amy that unveiled um, that the project increased their lodging occupancy during construction by 28.9%. It, it filled, as she said, filled their coffers for their lo local uh, tourism marketing budget, and that impacts every single citizen in that area. Uh, retail spending increased during the construction of that 14% during the two-year construction period. Sales tax receipts increased by 3.9%. Um, and so it's, it's those types of impact stories that, that al allow us to 
um, to see and appreciate the impact that clean energy development is having in our state, often in tier one counties, right? And that that need it the very most. And now more than ever, when we're looking at opportunities um, to, to get even more utility solar projects or wind projects, um, it's this opportunity to increase our tax base, landowner income for decades to come, which are so critical uh, right now. Um, during this time. So um, it's it's the work that's being done, you know, behind the scenes by by all of our businesses and chambers of commerce and legislators that that will, you know, we will continue to tell those stories because they're having an impact in our state. They're having an impact in our schools. For example, an economic development director's um, primary goals are to um, often increase tax revenue and to spur job creation. So many times there is no greater opportunity for economic growth than to have renewable energy development in your county. And yet one of the many reasons why, um, heck, I look forward to our clean energy event, um, clean energy champion event in 2021. So, so we can just share more. I, Susan, you covered it well. I just think that we all know, everybody knows that clean energy is good for the environment, right? But being able to stress the incredible economic value that it has with jobs, it's just it's to get that message out there. And I think that's what our event did and does and hopefully will continue to do is to, to make that information, just spread it far and wide to, to everyone of what it what it's doing for for our economy, not only in North Carolina, but across the U.S. Well, and I think that that you both and both of your organizations hit a home run this year in really reemphasizing the message that clean energy does equal jobs. Clean energy does equal economic development. Clean energy does so much for both urban and rural counties all across the state of North Carolina. And it is something that can draw bipartisan support uh, and support from you know legislators and representatives in in both houses here in the state and from both sides of the aisle. As a squeaky clean podcast community, we thank you both for all of your efforts in recognizing all of these organizations and businesses. And we're looking forward to joining you both in person, hopefully next year at the Proximity Hotel for the 2021 Clean Energy Champions event. So I just wanted to thank both of you for joining us this morning on the Squeaky Clean Energy podcast. So thank you so much, Susan. Thank you, Matt. Great. And, and thank you so much, Lori, for joining us this morning. Thanks, Matt. That's a wrap on this episode of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast. It's our favorite time of the pod again. Dad jokes. You know, we should all be listening to music on a lower volume to save energy. Turn down for what? Get it? W-A-T-T? And my key takeaway today is... There's never enough praise and admiration to go around for all the hard work taking place within the clean energy ecosystem here in North Carolina. As you heard today on the podcast, 
There is such a wide diversity of clean energy supporters from all sections of the economy and from all aisles of the legislature. Who knows? The beer you might be drinking right now could even have been produced at a clean energy powered brewery. Well, I guess that is if you're drinking a beer right now. If it's 9 a.m. and you're on your drive into work, then maybe it's a coffee made with beans from our friends over at Larry's Coffee. And next time you make it out to the Speedway down in Charlotte, make sure to take a look over in turns three and four to see a huge solar installation helping to power one of the largest outdoor televisions in the country. To find out more about each of these award winners and to view a recording of this year's event, visit cleanenergyconservatives.com. And since we're giving praise to clean energy champions, now would be a great time to mention that NCSEA recently just announced our annual awards at our member meeting that took place on December 2nd. With those awards, we announced that Pisca Energy received the Clean Energy Business of the Year Award, Leyline Renewable Capital received Clean Energy Innovator of the Year Award, a new K-12 Energy Positive School in Jones County won our newest award category, Clean Energy Project of the Year, Good Solar USA was awarded the Diversity and Inclusion in Clean Energy Award. Heather Bullock with the City of Charlotte was recognized as the Individual Clean Energy of the Year Award. And Anne Taswell was announced as this year's Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Congratulations to all of those award winners, along with all the winners of the Conservatives for Clean Energy and Chambers for Innovation in Clean Energy's Clean Energy Champions event. We are all so lucky to have all of these amazing individuals and companies right here in North Carolina. And you know the deal. Let's stay in touch on Twitter. Give me a shout at Matt Abel, M-A-T-T-A-B-E-L-E, for future episode ideas, questions for our next episode, thoughts on today's episode, and your worst energy joke one-liners. And episode 39 of the Squeaky Clean Energy Podcast is in the books. But before you leave, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share the pod on whatever platform you're listening in from. Sharing this podcast with your network and growing the friends of the pod helps us get just a little bit closer to our shared vision of a clean energy economy for North Carolina. All right, that's it. See y'all later.